Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> well, hello there. You've caught me unawares. I'm your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Uh, you caught me in the middle uh, of a little chore here. Our shop clerk, Mordecai, uh, he takes care of the, the front of house. Well, I am uh, indisposed, and sometimes when there's a lull in customers, he likes to occupy his time with model cars, and he happened to leave his uh, collection of works here on the counter here by the register. Uh, you'll have to excuse me as I was cleaning these up and setting them aside for when he returns. It is a peculiar collection of works indeed. Of course, he takes various models and modifies them. That Mordecai, he has such an imagination. If you take a look over here, this one even resembles an ice cream truck with all manner of implements of destruction added to this. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, looking inside the driver's seat, the driver may even have some face paint on. And am I mistaken, or is that driver's hair on fire? And therein lies the essence of today's episode of Odds Bonkin's Curiosity Shop. So let's pull out the mutoscope and take a look at the new Peacock series, Twisted Metal. So Twisted Metal is a very popular video game series from back in the mid-90s through uh, the early 2000s. And I... I'm not what you would call a gamer, you know. Uh, once once uh, Nintendo and Sega Genesis went the way, uh, I, I kind of fell out of playing video games. Too many buttons. That was my always my big my big excuse is there's too many buttons now. Uh, but I did have for a, for a brief amount of time a second hand. I be, I can't remember. I think it might have been a PlayStation Two. I don't think it was a PlayStation. Pretty sure it was PlayStation 2. I bought it used. It didn't last very long before it shit the bed. And and the games that came with it, let me tell you, I got this on a, a very discount uh, basis. But all the great games are scratched up. Uh, but the one game I could play was uh, one of the Twisted Metal games. And I, there again, I can't remember if it was Twisted Metal 1 or 2. I'm pretty sure it was Twisted Metal 2 that I was playing. And, and I quite enjoyed it. While the, the video game system last, it finally, like I said, uh, went the way of the dodo and uh, found itself in the trash bin. But uh, while I played it, I really enjoyed the Twisted Metal game. And it's one of those games that I really wish I was more into gaming now because I'd like to go back and revisit that those older Twisted Metal games. And then even the uh, newer, at least newer to me, the ones that came out uh, post-2000, uh, Twisted Metal Black, uh, Twisted Metal Head-On, stuff like that, uh, would have been really cool because a lot of that stuff would have really helped me in knowing some of the characters in the new Peacock series, Twisted Metal. Of course, this came out in July, July 27th, all the episodes dropped, and I finally got to finish up uh, season one of Twisted Metal, and 
I know a lot of video games turned into TV series or movies get a lot of shit because they're not exactly like the video game. Everyone wants it to be exactly like the video game. And I'll get into my thoughts on that. But for a video game based on a like a tournament style, just royal rumble of vehicles shooting at each other. I thought this was a pretty good adaptation. Uh, and it had a really good cast. I love Anthony Mackie. So seeing him as the John Doe character was really good. Samoa Joe, the wrestler, and Will Arnett as Sweet Tooth, uh, the physical actor and the vocal actor, uh, was, was wonderful. Thomas Hayden Church was just... Uh, a great villain in this, Nev Campbell. Even, uh, you know, I, I've i never been a huge Nev Campbell fan, uh, especially in the Scream series. I just didn't care for her performance in those early Screams. Scream 5, I, you know, Nev Campbell as an adult, I think she's a better actress than she was when she was, uh, you know, in her teens and 20s, uh, back in those early Scream days or however old she was. I really enjoyed her in this. And she... She plays a good bad guy. And a great list of secondary and support characters throughout this series that uh, made me really love it. And this is really not a... This is not a show my wife should like. Uh, she didn't play video games. I mean... You know, you go back to Mario Brothers and stuff like that on Nintendo. Uh, Contra, she's a whiz. She still remembers the up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, whatever code. Uh, it takes me a while to think about it. She can rattle it off like nobody's business. But but once you get past that, uh, she's not really big into video games. And she's not into shoot 'em up shows. She's not into gore or, or anything like that. But she really did love this series. And, and we'll talk about the, the whys of that. Uh, but this, I, I thought it was a fun series. And I think that's one of the things my wife and I agreed most about this is it was, it was fun. And as far as an adaptation, where this is leading to, I think it's going to get even closer to the source material, the video games. And I'll, I'll get into that a little more when we get into the spoilery section. But for right now, if you haven't watched it, I, I encourage you to check it out. If you know the video games, I think you're going to like it because there are so many nods to the video games, so many nods to the characters from the video games. There's new characters like the quiet and the loud character. Uh, we'll, we'll get into those actors coming up here in a little bit, but there are a lot of nods to the characters, a lot of nods to things in the game. Even the names of each episode, they're they're spelled out like vanity plates, and even in those, there are some Easter eggs to the to the video game, like the Will You Drive. I mean, that that kind of starts out, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that's one of the things that starts out the play in Twisted Metal, the video game. So uh, a lot of really cool Easter eggs, a lot of nods to characters and characters and, and vehicles showing up in this. And so if you love the video games from the 90s and through early 2000s, I think you're going to dig it. And even if you don't, even if you enjoy just a fun, action-packed, funny show, I mean, there's action, there's there's drama, there is a lot of comedy, and, but not like, well, no, I take that back. There is some kind of like really <laughs> cheesy comedy, but there is some really good comedy in here as well. I mean, it's it's cheesy comedy, but it's done that way on purpose. But there's there's just a little something for everyone. And it was 
it was that kind of a show that my wife, this is not a show that she should like, but she ended up liking it just as much as I did. And like me, can't wait for the next season. So if you haven't watched Twisted Metal, check it out on Peacock. Uh, if you don't have Peacock, uh, I encourage you to, at the very least, get it for like a month and then, you know, binge this and then be done with it. Uh, you know, you'll rent a movie for more than what you'll spend on a month of, of Peacock. So so check it out. Uh, but from here on out, we're going to have some spoilers. So if you haven't watched Twisted Metal and you don't want anything spoiled for you, then you better uh, hit pause now. Come back after you watched it. If you have watched it or you don't give a flip, whatever, either way, then keep on because we're going to press on. But there are going to be a lot of spoilers from here on out. So the basic premise of this, and, and there again, I don't know how much in line this is with the video games because, like I said, I've only played the one Twisted Metal game. But it's a post-apocalyptic world, which is very much in line with the Twisted Metal video games, uh, just the way it is all set up in that world world. This is a post-apocalyptic world. There's been a large-scale cyber attack that has taken down cities and businesses. I like how it's a big cyber attack, but you know, still the electricity works. But all these cities have surrounded themselves by walls, and all these major cities have become fortresses, and anybody who is not desirable, uh, mainly criminals and murderers and thieves and, and the dregs of humanity, they're cast outside these city walls, and to run between cities... You have these individuals called milkmen. They transport goods and whatnot from one city to the next. And that's where we meet our main character, John Doe, played by Anthony Mackie. He is a milkman. He makes deliveries from one city to the next. Where he meets up with Raven in New San Francisco, played by Nev Campbell. She makes him an offer to drive all the way to New Chicago to bring back a package for her. He has to do it in 10 days. And, you know, this road is just full of, you know, all sorts of bad guys looking to, to kill and if he succeeds in this then she is going to let him into the new san francisco and become a member of their civilization and and the whole thing behind this is is that milkmen have a short expiration date because most of them don't live long and anthony mackey's john doe is one of the rare ones that have been doing it for a long time because he's tdg that damn good and of course, that's his dream to be the first milkman to retire and go live a quiet life. And along the way, he makes some friends. He sees some old friends. He meets some uh, new enemies. And and it's just a wild ride. And we'll kind of get into that. I'm not going to do a play-by-play -play or an episode-by-episode -episode breakdown. But we're going to talk about some of the characters. Uh, especially the characters that are from the Twisted Metal video game. And, and the actors and actresses who played them. And kind of their place in the whole story. But Anthony Mackie's John Doe. Of course, the John Doe character is... I think he's from Twisted Metal Black. A lot of the, a lot of the characters in this series are from Twisted Metal Black and Twisted Metal Head On. I mean, there's some from the first three games, but the lot of, a lot of the big characters are, are from those two video games, like I said, especially Twisted Metal Black. But uh, John Doe, much like in the game, has amnesia and doesn't know anything about where he came from. He just woke up in this car crash and as a little kid 
and then ended up finding this uh, this old, uh, well, I think it's a 2002 Subaru that becomes his souped-up car because he finds it as a kid and just over 20 years has been putting it together and, and modifying it and just learning as he went. And there was a really good episode. I think it might have been episode eight, the Evelyn episode, because his car is called Evelyn because he found a, a vanity plate that said Evelyn, and, and that's when he put it on the car. But uh, that's a really cool episode because it takes you back to when he first woke up in this car crash and how he found this car and how he, he you know, the car saved his life. The car gave him shelter. The car got him out of sticky situations and why he loves this car so much. And his relationship with the car uh, is kind of like one of the biggest relationships of the, at least the first eight episodes of this season. And it even gets in the way of his relationship with the other character, Quiet, which we'll talk about. But I, I like that episode, Evelyn, because it did all those flashbacks. And the coolest thing was, is that Anthony Mackie Jr., Anthony Mackie's son, played a young John Doe, played by Anthony Mackie. So it was just, it was perfect. And Anthony Mackie Jr. did a, a wonderful job. I hope this kid does some more acting because, you know, kids are cute. And kids are very precocious. And they, you know, they, they play kids very very well because it's not really acting to them it's just playing and but he does a good job with that and I hope he sticks with it because I, I think he you know has a, has a bright career ahead of him if he chooses to pursue acting and and I really loved him in that episode as much as I loved his dad I, I like I said I'm a huge Anthony Mackie fan I just anything I see him come up in whether it is the Falcon stuff and and the new Captain America movie that he's going to be uh, headlining coming up. I can't wait for that. I uh, loved him in Altered Carbon. I loved him in that episode of Black Mirror that he did. Uh, just anything that Anthony Mackie shows up in, I'm, I'm all in on it because I think he's such a wonderful actor. And, and I really enjoy his performance in this. It, it very much reminded me just the way they wrote the comedy for him. I could have seen Will Smith back in the 90s playing this character. But it had that sort of uh, sense of humor to the character. And Anthony Mackie really handled the comedy of this well. You know, he's he's known for his action, but the guy's got some really good comedic timing as well. And I thought he nailed this role for what it was. Now, you could quibble back and forth about whether it's true to the character from the games. There again, I, I didn't play that game, so I don't know the character from the games. But as the character as it's written for this TV series... I thought he did a really good job with this character, and I really enjoyed the character. It was it was fun. It was believable as a you know a, a badass driver, and he handled the dramatic notes really well, the comedy notes really well, and it, it was a character you cared about because he really was ultimately a, a good guy. And when he has issues with the quiet character. That you just, you know, he's just trying to do the right thing. And she gives him nothing but shit. Which we'll move into that character because she is pretty much the, uh, you know, Anthony Mackie's John Doe is the lead of this series. But if you could say there's a, a, a lead A and a lead B, uh, the quiet character would be the lead B character. State, played by Stephanie Beatriz. Hopefully I'm pronouncing her name right. But she's been in, in quite a few things. Not a ton of things I've seen, though. She's 
she's done a lot of voice work. She was in Ice Age uh, Collision Course. She was in Catwoman Hunted. Uh, she played Batwoman in that. She was in that uh, movie Encanto. My wife probably would recognize her voice from that. But she's also uh, done you know, several other movies. She was in the Lego Movie 2, uh, also in Pee-wee's Big Holiday. Uh, so, so several films. She's also done a ton of TV. Family Guy, she was in the Into the Dark series, the Treehouse uh, movie for Hulu, Reno 911, American Dad, she's done stuff with Robot Chicken. She has a reoccurring role in Legend of Vox Machina. So a really talented and accomplished actress, but one that, you know, I, I didn't recognize her by name. And I think this is a, a show that I think is going to make people a lot more aware of her because her character was such that uh, I absolutely loved her at some points and I absolutely hated her at some points because her character is probably the more complex of the two main characters in John Doe and Quiet. Uh, she's got a, a backstory with her brother, Loud, played by Richard Cabral, who's done several movies, including Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones, ton of TV, Lethal Weapon, Mayans MC. He did an Into the Dark as well, a Culture Shock, Law and Order. He's been on that. Uh, and so, you know, here on Twisted Metal, he plays... Loud. Now, the brother and sister, Quiet and Loud, of course, uh, Quiet being the sister, Loud being the brother, uh, they are new to the to the Twisted Metal universe. They're not from the game. They are characters created for this series. And there again, they have probably uh, one of the more complicated stories. Now, John Doe doesn't have his memory and there towards the end, he finally starts to get his memory back. But uh, Loud and Quiet uh, have a, a really interesting past. And they go into their backstory later on, uh, how they got out on the road stealing. And we first meet them. Loud, the brother, is killed by Agent Stone and his men. And I thought, oh, that's a shame because the little I got to, to see of him, I was like, this character seems interesting. I would have liked to have known more about him, but that wasn't the last we saw of him because we had a lot of scenes with with quiet uh, Stephanie Beatriz and the loud character, uh, whether it be in flashbacks, whether it be uh, her kind of having this existential speaking to the voices in her head, to, the, to her brother's voice in her head, and we see a, a manifestation of him in the backseat of a car. Uh, they did a lot of really interesting things to keep his character in the story, even though the character is dead. Now, we didn't really see much of him in the last two, at least two episodes, maybe three episodes. Uh, so I, I'm really disappointed that we didn't get to see more of him, because I really liked Richard Cabral's portrayal of this character uh it, it's a, a really interesting dynamic between this brother and sister that uh, i would have liked to have delved into more of their past but he did a good job and stephanie beatriz uh, as quiet did a wonderful job with this character because yeah she's got that trauma of losing her brother watching him kill himself right in front of her so she could live and the pain of that and the anger and the hell-bent uh, nature of her bent on revenge, bent on killing Agent Stone, not wanting to let anyone get close to her or get in her way, uh, made for a very contentious relationship between her and John Doe that made me not like her because all he was trying to do was help her. All he was trying to do was be nice to her. And all she was was a bitch to him for like the first 
few episodes. And then we finally got to see that ice start to crack and her start to warm up to him. But then from there on out, it was like an on again, off again relationship because she would be getting close to him and then he'd do something. She'd get mad at him for, for no damn reason or maybe a reason, but she shouldn't be overreacting. And then she's bitchy to him again. And then they warm up and then she's mean to him again. It's just, it was, I, I, you really did feel sorry for the John Doe character. Uh, and, and she wasn't very likable a lot of the time. And not as an actress, because the actress did a wonderful job. Her character kind of had, I don't know if she was trying to channel like this Aubrey Plaza sort of vibe to the character, but uh, Stephanie Beatriz uh, did a really good job with playing the anger, playing the stone coldness of somebody hell-bent on revenge. Uh, she played the the softer scenes with John Doe. Uh, really nice and sweet. Then there were moments where she kind of felt like she was a little crazy and she kind of got that wide-eyed look, that kind of look that Aubrey Plaza gives in a lot of her performances. Uh, you know, you know kind of that crazy vibe. And Stephanie Beatriz, I, I thought, did a wonderful job. Uh, she is definitely an actress that, like I said, I don't know if I loved or hated the character. I don't know if I loved or hated the performance, but the performance was very charismatic and it, it caught your attention and grabbed a hold of you and didn't let go. So I think ultimately I did love it, uh, even though I wasn't really sure how to feel about it through the whole thing. Uh, the character especially, not necessarily so much the performance. There were things about the performance I thought uh, this is an odd delivery, but I think that was a I think that was a choice. Uh, like I said, to kind of play into the mental instability, to play a little bit into that crazy, and I think it was it was smart because, like I said, this character kept you on your toes and maybe not kept you on the edge of your seat, but kept you fully aware of what was going on and what's going to happen next between her and John Doe. And if you've seen any interviews with her, uh, there were a lot of scenes where it really felt like she was just being herself, which was kind of fun. You know, uh, she does have really good comedic timing. Of course, uh, being on a lot of TV, doing Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is a huge comedy hit. Uh, so uh, there was a lot of her character that felt... Uh, a lot like her. If you like, I said you've seen her in any interviews. It really, her delivery felt like some of those scenes that you saw her. She was just having a good time with it, being herself in some situations. Maybe a, a hyper uh, exaggerated version of herself, but trying to draw a little. I think maybe from her own uh, experience, her own self. If she were plopped into this post-apocalyptic world. Now, one of the things I didn't really care for between the John Doe and Quiet character is the fact that they really kind of rushed these two into a relationship. And I, you know, we talked about this on Monday's episode with Aziraphale and Crowley from Good Omens 2, how they decided to put these two into a relationship of sorts. I mean, it, it could play out different. It could be play out less of a romantic thing and... 
and more of a, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly where they're going with it, but we'll find out in hopefully a, a not too distant future season three. But this one was definitely a romantic relationship. These two are banging the ball pit, which was funny. Now, now, granted, I get it. Uh, putting these two into a relationship did add for a lot of humor. Like I said, the ball pit sex scene with the Kama Sutra style book that Quiet got from Granny Dread, which we'll we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, so you did you you know they mined a little comedy from that, but I just hated that they rushed these two into a relationship. I, I know, and and it's it's a society now where everybody's into shipping. Uh, you can't have two characters that are close or even remotely have any chemistry in a show or a movie without the the fandom trying to force filmmakers and showrunners into putting them into a relationship. And Jesus Christ, I mean, people got to knock that shit off. Uh, because there again, it, it's one thing if it's kind of the plan all along, but... Even so, even if it is the plan all along, you got to let people that are doing these shows, doing these movies, take their time to do it naturally, if they even have to do it at all. Because once you get two characters into a romantic relationship, it really changes the dynamic greatly. And you've got a situation that it, it makes it tricky to back out of. And, and I think that's a situation here where you have these two characters and now they're, I mean, they kind of left it off much like Good Omens where they're not exactly on the best terms. So it's not certainly romantic at this point, but it was and they're implying that it will be probably in the future. Uh, who knows exactly how it is going to play out, but that's kind of where they're leaving it. And it's a situation where, do, why why does everybody feel the need for every couple in a show to, to be in a relationship? And you don't have anything to build towards. I mean, how many years did we watch Mulder and Scully and everyone saying they should start banging? And luckily, the showrunners of that show had the good sense to thumb their nose at the fans and say, F you, we're going to mind as much sexual tension out of this uh, relationship between these two characters and, and the chemistry between these two actors as we can. And we're going to make you keep watching, hoping to God they might start knocking boots, which it's network television. You weren't going to see that shit anyway. I mean, this is a streaming show and we didn't really, I mean, there's not a lot of nudity or anything in this. There's a shit ton of foul language, a little blood, gore, action, violence, a lot of violence, almost as much violence to F-words. I, I think the violence to F-word ratio is is pretty it's pretty tight so but uh, you know you're not even gonna see them you know having sex other than that weird thing in the ball pit so yeah i don't get what the fascination is with with fandom trying to force characters into relationships that aren't necessary to have a good and entertaining show and I think that's what they did with this. They rushed them into a relationship. They weren't even pressured. Nobody even knew about this show. And they already had them in a relationship. I just thought it was kind of foolish to get to that point so fucking fast. Because there again, it just really paints you into corner with where these two have to go in the future. Which could eventually be to the detriment of two really good characters. Now, one of the other main characters, uh, kind of a B character, you know, if, if Quiet and John Doe are the two main characters, then you've got a couple B characters. And then the first one we're going to talk about is Sweet Tooth, which was just 
masterfully played by wrestler Samoa Joe. He did the physical representation of Sweet Tooth. Now, I know in the game, Sweet Tooth is actually the truck. The guy driving it is actually Needles Kane, which they they do kind of play into that uh, about him being Marcus Kane. But just, I think, probably to simplify things, they just called the character Sweet Tooth. And and Samoa Joe, if, if ever you wondered how they were going to pull off somebody uh, with the Sweet Tooth character, just with the physique, with the clown face, how are they going to make it all work? Uh, this is how they do it. You, you cast Samoa Joe, who's got the big, beefy frame like you would expect with Sweet Tooth. He's got that clown mask with the, the hair, shock of hair all out. And they even played into the flaming hair in that... Uh, was it the last episode or the second of the last episode? But uh, it, it was just looked fantastic. And Samoa Joe's, like physical performance uh i'm sure like in the in the moment of doing the scene he is acting out and doing the the lines and everything to to kind of go along with the the motions that he does the pantomiming that he does uh the animated uh movements of his body that he does but you couple that with will arnett's voice for sweet tooth and it was just it was better than I could have expected it to because you had this character that is maniacal and wicked, but much like in the game, I mean, Sweet Tooth is a fan favorite. That's why they, you know, featured Sweet Tooth on the cover of a lot of these games and where they had him actually running the tournament in one of the games. You know, he's he's a character that everyone loves and they made him like this he's kind of like the anti-hero in this much like a stone cold steve austin to to give you a wrestling reference he's a bad guy but she's the bad guy you're rooting for and they do that with this and it is all in the the wonderful physical performance that samoa joe gives but will arnett's uh you know his his voice work really worked with it and it played into the menace of this character when he gets angry and when he's serious you you get scared and when he's kind of being goofy and uh, kind of silly it's funny and it's fun but you know it, it's that that evil clown smile on his face that you know that this is all fun and games until he decides it's not and then people are gonna fucking die and it was just a wonderful performance by both guys Samoa Joe and Will Arnett doing their part to create this this iconic character and was one of the things I really loved and I love the side story with Sweet Tooth and Stu and and we'll get into to Stu and Mike here in a little bit because they're kind of a deep cut from the Twisted Metal games, but from the games all the same. Uh, they're they're a little more front and center in this series than they are in the video games, but we'll we'll talk about them coming up. But uh, the stuff with Sweet Tooth, the stuff with his parents in the jail or the asylum, and him crushing the skulls, that was just uh, gruesome and disturbing 
you saw at the end where, uh, you know, he's blowing anybody up that's going to move. And, and they're like, well, they're on our side. He's like, there are no sides. It's just he's a you know, he's a badass character that you get some enjoyment out of, some fun out of him, some laughs out of him. But all in all, and ultimately, he is a psychopath and a killer. And that's what makes his character so great, because you're rooting for him until he does some of the most depraved things. Then you're like, oh, shit. Am I rooting for the wrong guy? The other kind of uh, B character in all of this is Agent Stone, played by Thomas Hayden Church. And at first, I didn't quite recognize him because he's got this shock of white hair and almost thought it was kind of like a Mandela effect thing. I thought he had a mustache in that first episode, but then later he didn't have a mustache. So I may be wrong on that, but I, I, I recognized his voice. And I guess I haven't seen him in a while. I mean, I saw him in Spider-Man No Way Home, but I think they may have done some, a little bit of de-aging to make him look like he he did back in Spider-Man 3, uh, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 3. So I hadn't seen him, you know, just without all the special effects in a while. But I recognized his voice. And then later I'm like, oh, shit, that's Thomas Hayden Church. And he plays the Agent Stone character from, from Twisted Metal, one of the main antagonists of this. And he's the reason why Quiet's brother is dead. He's got this group of lawmen that uh, is one of the roving gangs that are trying to to rule the streets. And it's really interesting. He's got a very interesting backstory about being like a mall rent-a-cop. And then when shit went down with the big virus that took out all of cyberspace, you know, he kind of uh, started overcompensating and flexing his muscle and, and, and killing people trying to, to make himself like a badass. Now, Agent Stone is in the original Twisted Metal game, but he drove more like a, a Crimson Fury. Uh, I think what they did with this is they went more with the Agent Stone, at least the vehicle from Twisted Metal Black. Uh, that's kind of what they were basing his uh, ride on in this. But Thomas Hayden Church really played a lot of menace. Uh, there again, even still, uh, there's a lot of humor in this and a lot of comedy. And he even plays that comedy quite well. Uh, it's not set up punchline, you know, jokes like that. But but there are a lot of funny moments with him. It's more reactions and and things he says to some of his underlings, which which are quite funny. And, and speaking of his underlings, uh, there's a lot of references to the game. Agent Shepard is from Twisted Metal Head On. Now, he's more of a straight up, like, upstanding citizen, a good guy, an FBI agent in the game. In this, he's kind of, he's the long-haired guy that got killed by Quiet while spanking it to some hentai comics or, or, or whatever. But he's, you know, one of Agent Stone's underlings in this TV series. Not a very faithful uh, adaptation of the the game character, but, but still, you know, it is a reference to the games. There are the brother and sister, Jamie and Carl Roberts, are in this. Now, again, in the games, I think they're more like upstanding police officers in this they're more like agent stone's henchmen but there again more references to the game all the actors i'm not going to go into the actors the, the actors did a fine job these are all very small roles with not a, a ton of 
uh, really, you know, a- any sort of scenes you can sink your teeth into as far as performances go. Uh, now, some of the other quote unquote good guy characters in this uh, were, were some really fun characters and nods to the, the video game. Jamie Newman plays Miranda Watts. She's the leader of the convoy truck uh, group that that roams the uh, the highways. But she has the uh, the Twister Formula One looking car from uh, Twisted Metal Head On. I really liked her character. I, I thought she was. Uh, really interesting. Uh, the Amber Rose character from Twisted Metal 3, she drives the flower power car. Uh, you know, they make a reference to that and a nod to that. Danny Rodriguez plays Amber Rose and she does a really good job. She has a really interesting scene where she's into herbal medicine and John Doe and Quiet have to go get some medicine for another character we're going to talk about. But she uh, thinks that they're this other group of, of bad guys roaming the streets. I, I believe she thinks they're holy men and and she ends up poisoning them and and it kind of paralyzes both John Doe and Quiet and that whole scene where she's threatening to cut off bits and pieces and plant them in her flower pots was you know she's got a very high voice and a very almost childlike delivery in the tone of her voice and sounds very sweet and innocent and then when you couple that and you juxtapose that with what she is doing, poisoning these two and and threatening to cut off their parts. It just made for a mer- very creepy scene and a very menacing scene. I, I didn't know uh, you could get that much menace out of a person that sounded that uh, that nice and sweet. But but they they did and and Danny Rodriguez uh, did a wonderful job with that character. Then of course the other character that uh, that I was talking about that they were getting the medicinal herbs for is Granny Dread. Of course another character from Twisted Metal Three played by uh, Peg O'Keefe. She really was a delight. She wasn't in this much because they they killed her character off. She's sick and the medicine that they were getting for her was so she could die peacefully in her sleep. But she had some really good lines and she passes off this book. It's like her version of the Kama Sutra to to quiet which uh which was kind of funny. But the whole funeral scene was very sweet and touching. And then they they put her in this car and they lower the back of the 18-wheeler and just let it drift off to the road. And then it sits there and then all of a sudden it blows up. And everyone's everyone's just, you know, hooting and hollering and and John Doe and and Quiet are like, what the fuck? It was it was quite an enjoyable scene and a nice nod to the Granny Dread character, like I said, from Twisted Metal 3. Another character that was really interesting was the Bloody Mary character, played by uh, Chloe Finman. She plays an ex-lover of John Doe's in this. She's got some anger problems, and and that whole scene at the pit stop was really kind of cool because not only did it get the Bloody Mary character, who which I, I think we're gonna see more of her coming up in the next season, but you had a lot of cameos in that that pit stop scene. You had Pizza Boy from Twisted Metal Four. You had Petunia and Pit Viper. Of course that's the that's the name of the car in the video game. Angela Fortin is the the name of the character, but I think again they just simplify things by calling people the name of their vehicle sometimes. And I think that's what they did there. But she's from the original game. Creek Wilson plays Mr. Slam, which is a vehicle in the games, but uh he's the pit stop 
owner in the series, and the reason he gets his nickname is is quite quite interesting and quite scary. If you've watched it, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't watched it, I don't want to ruin that for you. But you had a couple other characters. Like I said, Mike and Stu uh, were two characters from Twisted Metal 2, I believe. They, they drove the Hammerhead monster truck in Twisted Metal 2. Uh, played by Stu's played by Mike Mitchell. He's got a bigger role in this uh, you know, role with the uh, Sweet Tooth character. And he is freaking hilarious. He was in I believe he was in that movie Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt. And I think he was pretty funny in that. But uh, Mike Mitchell does a really good job with Stu. Again, another character that made it through. And I think we're going to see more of him coming up uh, with that little PS scene with Sweet Tooth. Uh, Mike and Stu have finally made it to their Shangri-La. They've got their real dolls beside them. And uh, all of a sudden, Sweet Tooth shows up. There's some bloodshed. And Stu's getting hauled off by the hair. I don't know what Mike's fate is, but uh, Mike... We may or may not see him in season two, but uh, Taj Vons plays uh, Mike. Did a really good job with the character. Again, not featured as much as the Stu character, but uh, but it was really kind of cool just to see the, the deep cut reference to these Twisted Metal 2 characters. Now, of course, one of the other big cameos was uh, Preacher from Twisted Metal Black. He drives the uh, Brimstone vehicle. We didn't really see that. Not that I remembered, but uh, Jason Mantuskas uh, played him. Of course, you know him from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He's done a ton of other things, but uh, he does a really good job with this character. The fight scene between him and John Doe was freaking hilarious. All the flips and the kicks and stuff that he was doing... And all the shit talking that he was doing as they they fight for ownership of Evelyn because a couple of uh, the preachers uh, men stole Evelyn from from John Doe. Uh, that that fight scene was wonderful. It just was so entertaining. And then the fact that they blew up Evelyn was kind of heartbreaking. Like my wife and I were just sitting there, our jaws agape, and just like, oh, and the and the reaction of Anthony Mackie. As John Doe to his beloved car being destroyed and the aftermath of that was just so fucking heartbreaking. Especially when you tie that with the scenes from him as a kid played by Anthony Mackie Jr. And and how much this car meant to him since he was a little kid. It just was a... It was almost a tearjerker. And it's over a fucking car. I couldn't believe it. Uh, but that's that's where I was, folks. I was almost in tears because a freaking car got blown up in a Twisted Metal TV series. Congratulations, universe. You win. But there again, you know, him choosing the car over quiet was another one of those things that, that put a rift between them that uh, that caused problems later and caused her to be a bitch to him when he, he was trying to apologize, trying to say he was sorry. It's his car for crying out loud. He, you know, he knew that car longer than her, but uh, but she got offended because he wanted to stay and get the car and not leave with her. That was probably one of the things I... I disliked about the character, like I said, just the irrational anger she felt towards her. And I don't know if that's a, a writing thing that to, to make her a strong female character, that she's got to be a raging bitch whenever things don't go her way. Uh, that's, that's not how you write strong characters. Or if it is a character choice that they made for her, that, that she is just going to be unlikable because she's going to be uh, a real B to, to John Doe every time he doesn't do what she wants. 
I don't know what they're going with there. Uh, I wish they would sort that out because that, like I said, really did make the quiet character not very likable a lot of times. I mean, you did like her the other times, but when she was just being a jerk to him and he's just trying to be nice to her, those were some tough scenes to take. And then, of course, we have two more characters I'm going to talk about. One briefly, because we don't even really get to see the character. It's just a disembodied voice over the this, this like loudspeaker intercom sort of thing. Calypso, who is the, the mastermind. He is the organizer of these tournaments uh, in Twisted Metal 4 and, and some of the other games. And is a, is a big part of it. Uh, you don't really see this character, but I believe this character is going to be playing a bigger role. We'll talk about that coming up, but it'll be interesting to see who they get to play this. I didn't recognize the voice, so I don't know whether that is going to be a an Easter egg. Whoever the voice is, that's who's going to be playing it. If it's going to be somebody we know or just somebody completely unknown as an actor, I'm not sure. I'll be interested to see how this character factors into the the rest of the series as we're they're setting up a second season uh i hope we get that um we'll, we'll talk about that coming up as well and then probably one of the bigger reveals at the end of this when john doe delivers the package that raven wants she gives him the life inside the walls of new san francisco that he's always wanted but he'd rather be out on the road with quiet who's out there stealing from milkmen right now uh stealing Stealing their milk money, so to speak. But uh, she wants him to drive in this tournament that they're setting up. And I'll, I'll get a little more into that coming up. But uh, he doesn't want to. And she ends up as a way to incentivize it. Shows him his childhood home. And he matches it up with the picture he's had. And find out that he is from San Francisco. And that he this was his childhood home. All these memories come flashing back. We know that he's got a sister. Uh, you didn't notice her in the picture before. But they really made a, a concerted effort to focus on her face still in the picture. And one of the big reveals at the end is that Quiet runs across Dollface. Who is... Uh, a different character in the games. They, they changed the character a little bit, I believe, in this. Uh, she appears in Twisted Metal Black, but she is John Doe's long-lost sister. Now, in the game, she's a former supermodel who was badly injured in a car crash, and that's why she wears the, the doll mask. But but in this, they changed the character, to, understandably so, to make it a little more interesting, to give a little more uh, intrigue and connection to a, a character who had amnesia and that's from the game uh, so to to give this character a little more backstory adding her to that that i think it, it works and i'm excited to see where it goes is she going to be wanting revenge against him for not being there or is she going to be an ally uh she kind of comes across as you know i want to know where where john doe is and and she almost sounds angry about it and sinister but that could be just a red herring just to get us into season two but uh, but it'll be interested to see uh who's playing this character and how this character factors into john doe's life and maybe we get to learn a little more about his backstory uh really excited about all of that with this character because it's it's a very mysterious character she's wearing a mask and and can't wait to see uh what they do with this but like i said ultimately this is to set up the big tournament. And like I told my wife, this series, uh, at least the first season, 
really was introducing you to the world of Twisted Metal, to all the different characters, to to what you have, where, you know, you've got all these cars running around outside the walls of these cities uh, with, you know, they're all souped up with hot rod engines and machine guns and explosives to to kind of combat each other. And, and you're really introduced to the world and they did a really good job with world building in this and not a super job I, there's a, a little more i would like to have uh seen as far as you know areas feeling different from one another but you know i i, I didn't mind that uh what we're really doing though is this is an introduction to get you into the game and that is i think where we're going to be in season two now you got moments of that the showdown with stone in the amusement park very much felt like part of the game like you were driving through an amusement park and and going through buildings and stuff like that it was very much felt like being in the game the big ambush by stone where you got all of the main players uh showing up there and this big rock'em sock'em uh demo derby with guns and bombs that felt very much like the game but i think what you're going to see in season two is we're getting into the tournament calypso has organized this tournament raven's trying to get john doe to to drive for her calypso like in the game is putting up a prize of your wildest dream coming true and raven wants that for herself john doe she wants to win that for her. She even says the line about leaving everybody uh, twisted metal at the end of it. I was like, oh, she did it. She said the name. But uh, <laughs> I'm really excited to see once we get into this tournament, because I think you're really going to get uh, still stories, still interactions with people. I think you're going to get the drama and the comedy of all that, but it is all going to be in the context of these tournaments, which are going to take place in some of those iconic locations from the games over over the years that we've seen from, from Twisted Metal 1 to Twisted Metal Head On and, and even some of the other uh, spin-off games and stuff like that. So that, I think, is going to be the cool thing about Season 2 is Season 1 felt like people from the game and there were moments where it felt like it was the game, but ultimately it didn't feel exactly like the game. And I, I think a lot of people that are sticklers for video game adaptations are going to be they're going to be upset they're going to be be pissing and bitching and moaning this wasn't like the game that wasn't like the game i want this to be like the game well keep your panties out of a twist because i think season two that's where it's going to feel a lot more like the game now i don't know how much staying power a series that is that close to the game can last i mean how many tournaments can you have for these characters before it just becomes old but i don't know how long they're planning on running this series so it'll be interesting to see where season two goes how much they get into the tournament and the different locations where these characters go because they set up a lot of the characters that you're going to see in the tournament uh, a lot of the people that we met, like Miranda Watts, like Amber Rose, like Bloody Mary, uh, they even showed some people that you're not familiar with. You have to imagine Sweet Tooth's going to be in that. Agent Stone, they made you think that he died. You had that big showdown with Agent Stone and Quiet, where Anthony Mackey's John Doe throws the, the hatchet in his face and she's got the gun to his head and she leaves him one bullet like he did with her brother and tells her he can, you know, 
He can either die slowly from the hatchet to his face, which would probably do the trick, uh, or he could just end it. And you see him put the gun to his head, and you see John Doe and Quiet driving away, and you hear the gunshot. But I looked over to my wife and said, if you didn't see it, it didn't happen. If we've learned anything from anything in movies and in television, uh, especially Game of Thrones, if you don't see them die, they're not dead. And so I have a sneaking suspicion that not only is Sweet Tooth going to be a part of this, this tournament that we've got coming up, but also Agent Stone is going to be making his return uh, with his jaw surgically wired back together and a big nasty scar on his face. And I, I can't wait to see what that... Because I think with what happened between Quiet and her brother in Agent Stone... She is going to get her revenge. Uh, you know, she tried to take the high road there at the end. And I, I think, you know, that to me, that wasn't satisfying. So I think in the tournament, somewhere along the way in the tournament, she is going to dispatch of Agent Stone uh, the way we're all kind of hoping with probably some sort of big explosion. But but we'll have to see. And we'll have to wait until Season 2 of Twisted Metal coming out on Peacock. Hopefully sometime in the not-too-distant future. Now, whether we'll get that, I don't know. Because, you know, it's, it's always kind of a flip-the-coin sort of situation. I know it's getting it's getting mixed reviews. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. You know, it's, it's not The Last of Us. And... You know, The Last of Us is one of those special things that comes along every once in a while. Kind of like Game of Thrones, as far as adaptation goes. Or at least the first few seasons of Game of Thrones, back when they were uh, actually basing it on George R. R. Martin's work. But I, I don't know what, you, what some people expect. Uh, as far as anyone who's played the games, it, it's not going to be exactly like the games. And like I said, season two, I think is leading into the tournament, which will be a little more like the games, but it's not going to be exactly like the games because the games were just a bunch of cars running around shooting each other. You can't have that for a 10 episode season, season after season. It's just not fucking realistic. Same with, same with the last of us. That game is not exactly like it how it is in the TV series. You're not running around shooting, you know, mushroom zombies all fucking series long, but everyone loves that. Uh, and, and rightfully so. Last of Us is a wonderful series, but it's based on the game, but it is not exactly like the game. And that's what you've got to keep in mind when you're watching Twisted Metal. It can't be exactly like the game because the game lacks a lot of that drama. It lacks a lot of that human element that, that you get and, and that you have to have in a series like this. You can't just have a bunch of cars driving around Mad Max style shooting the shit out of each other and blowing the shit out of each other. It's it's not realistic. So to sit there and complain because it's not like the video game, that's, that's not a valid excuse not to like this series. Uh, I mean, if it's too much humor, then okay, that's personal preference. If it's too much drama, okay, that's personal preference. But like I said, you know, my wife and I both really enjoyed this. And this is not the typical show that she would want to watch. I Probably if I didn't hadn't want to watch this for the podcast, she might not have watched it. Uh, I know she wouldn't have gone on her own to watch this. and But, you know, I needed to watch it 
she thought it looked interesting enough. So she'd sit, she sat down and started watching with me and, and enjoyed it as much as I did. Because if you let yourself just sit back and enjoy uh, and have a, a fun ride, no, don't pardon that pun. I meant every word of it. But if you sit back and let yourself enjoy the ride, I think you'll enjoy Twisted Metal because it was fun. It had those notes of drama. It had those notes of comedy. It had those notes of action. It had some really tense moments. Uh, some of those moments with Sweet Tooth being, you know, a psychopath were pretty tense and, and got you. And, and it had some gore and had some really fun stuff. Some great uh, practical effects. Uh, the hatchet to the face of Agent Stone I thought was really cool. They had some decent CG for for a TV series. I was really happy with a lot of the CG that they had and the practical vehicles that they did. I, I thought the uh, design on all the vehicles and a lot of the characters was really cool. I thought the design on the Sweet Tooth Mask was badass and the character in general was, was badass when they did the flaming hair thing at the end. Maybe a little far-fetched, but it looked badass and, and looked... Like you just, you know, took a shot out of the video game. And that's really what you want with a video game adaptation. So for anyone that is poo-pooing this, don't listen to them. Uh, because I, I think it is a lot more enjoyable than some people are giving it credit for. And then there are a lot of people that did enjoy it. And I, like I said, I think if you sit back and let yourself enjoy it, uh, I think this is a, a pretty good adaptation of a video game. And, and one that I'm looking forward to the next season to see where it goes next. Because like I said, this was an introduction to the world. I think season two is where we get into the video game proper. And I'm excited to see that. And plus it's got a badass soundtrack. Uh, so much of this TV series revolved around references to things from the 90s and early 2000s, whether it be the cars, whether it be the music, whether it be the movies, whether it be, you know, just various, uh, you know, little Easter eggs of items uh, and memorabilia from that time period, because that's when this game was out. The game came out in 95, 96. I think the first two games came out. The last ones came out in 2008, 2010, somewhere around there. So uh, yeah, all the all the references as far as like cars and whatnot uh, all come out of like the, the mid-90s through early 2000s. And the, the soundtrack was just phenomenal music from that era which uh i absolutely enjoyed my wife enjoyed it as well so uh, i want to thank everyone for listening to my thoughts on twisted metal the tv series you can check out more on odds bodkins curiosity shop our facebook page and instagram as we're going to be uh posting all sorts of articles on horror fantasy and science fiction that we find all over the internet as well as adding my two cents uh, post trailers instagram we're always posting stuff uh, from time to time so check that all out no matter where you're listening to this podcast please follow it like it subscribe to it whatever you're going to do to stay on top of what's going on with the podcast and all the new episodes coming out share the podcast with anyone that you know that loves horror fantasy and science fiction and as always leave those reviews five stars would be awesome but uh coming up we've got a bonus episode on a new movie well yeah kind of kind of a new movie uh it's direct-to-video it's starring 
Danielle Harris, Robert Englund, Dwight H. Little, uh, of course, speaking of Danielle Harris, uh, from Halloween 4 fame directing it, called Natty Knox. It was a video on demand. It's going to be a bonus episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I believe probably coming up on Friday, we're going to be doing that tomorrow. So uh, be on the lookout for that. And of course, a lot of cool stuff coming up next week as well as far as new episodes. So be sure to check back with us. So until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!